Red Wave, Caleb here, letting you know that this conversation with Frank the Tank Delana, former Fresno State football player, was so fun. But first, a word from a sponsor? This episode is brought to you by Fletch and Busby Insurance. Fletch and Busby has been helping insure the Valley for over 100 years. Located in downtown Merced, they have been helping locals get affordable insurance with great customer service from knowledgeable and licensed agents for a long time. Check them out at fandb1912.com. That's F as in Fresno, A as in Aztec suck, N as in never root for Boise State, D as in dogs, because, hey, go dogs, B as in bulldogs, and the number's 1912.com. Or if that's too hard, shoot them a text at 209-722-1541, and you can set up an appointment today with one of their many licensed agents they can ensure your house they can ensure your car you drive to work your nest egg in the hills or your local family business let fletch and busby save you money today on your insurance by calling or texting at 209-722-1541 fletch and busby insurance a family tradition All right, Frank. Well, tell us, when did you graduate Fresno State? Um, I finished playing football in 2019. was my last season. I uh, graduated in four years, so I had a fifth year, um, you know, pursued my master's degree. That was cool. And Did you ever redshirt or was it? Yeah, I redshirted my freshman year. So you could play that fifth year? Yeah, so I played. Okay. I you Some guys choose not to play their fifth year. I decided to. I wanted to finish it out right. And, you know, you only get to play football for so long. I figured why not take advantage of it. Right. Um, so I did it. And 2019 was my last season as a dog. Where are you originally from? I'm born and raised in Fresno, California. Fresno, yes. Fresno, yes. <laughs> I, I love Fresno. Um, I love the Valley. I love what it's about. I think some people embrace it. Some people, you know, wish they were never here all they can't wait to get out i i do think a lot of people can't wait to get out and then they never leave and there <laughs> is hap- there's that, opportunity that happens so much yeah i like i love doing it in college when people are like i hate the valley and they're from like clovis and yeah. then they like after fresno they're like i got a job in clovis <laughs> yeah. in clovis and it's like so you didn't you, you said you hated it and you, you didn't leave. <laughs> well I, I mean i just think like what are people's expectations like i've i've never lived in la or las vegas or san francisco or anything but it's just it's crowded, which Fresno is getting crowded now. It's I mean, you can't crowded. drive down the 41 without yeah. there be, you being in traffic around five o'clock. Dude, I but, hate it. Oh, sucks. But there's opportunity and it's growing, and there's so many industries to get involved in, and mm-hmm. I, I think it's a a community with good people. You know, whether you embrace it or you kind of wish you weren't a part of it, whether or not you're in it. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, so you before we, we started, you were talking a little bit about what you're up to, and we'll get into that more. Right. But you said. You told me that you're in Utah a little bit. Yes. So you said the people in Fresno. People in Fresno, Utah, are they similar? Different? Uh, I would say, okay, Utah is very clean. Very clean, like not very many hobos on the streets. <laughs> Nothing against hobos on the streets, but. <laughs> I got stuff know. against hobos <laughs> on the streets. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's clean. It's, it's, it's very nicely laid out. Um, everyone's very nice there. The Mormon culture is huge there. 
which they're very um, particular about being a certain type of way. They believe in the perfect image. I learned a lot about that. And, you know, there's a, they kind of one thing that I, I kind of appreciated was the restaurants that are so good because not a lot of people drink because they're Mormon. So how are you going to get people to go out if they're not going to go to get bars or something? You better have some pretty uh, damn good food. You got grandma back there making stuff that's <laughs> and five it's, generations it's old. Right, and it's good. And even the bar, like the bars that they do have, they're cool experiences. Like I said, it's my first time. I lived in Salt Lake City and Park City area. So it was my first time leaving Fresno. Yeah. So it was culture shock to me as a whole. But even my roommate at the time, Ryan Beecher, who he went to Stanford, uh, he lived in Palo Alto. He also enjoyed his time there, and it's definitely a significant area. I will say what is for sure different, too, is you experience all four seasons. Fresno, it's pretty much it's hot, it's hot, it's hot, it's hot. It might rain, like, a day, and then you have, like, you know, hoodie season for 40 days out of the year. <laughs> it's hot here. It's hot. In Utah, like, as soon as it should be summertime, Hey, it's hot outside. As soon as it should start, the, the leaves start changing colors. They do. As soon as it's supposed to snow, it snows. So that was cool just to kind of experience that too. Um, and skiing, winter sports there is huge. I don't know what I would even compare it to here in Fresno. Um, you know, me and my brothers, we like to canal surf where you. So, I don't even know what snow is here. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's the white stuff on the mountains. Yeah, it's, way over there. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's for sure different. But as far as good people, Definitely, I think there's good people in Fresno, more in a, uh, you know, shake your hand and, and, and just kind of that greedy attitude, whereas Utah, it's more of, it's the standard a little bit, at least the parts I was, it, it, it's, it's have manners, um, be respectful to anybody, and, and I, I definitely had a, a good experience. Yeah, I, I spent some time in the Midwest, and I can agree that there's like, it's really cool to see like Fresno where people shake your hand and they introduce themselves, right. and there's these like manners, and then when you go over there, that's like the expected. So so for me, and it sounds like you kind of relate, is we're kind of used to that a little bit, and it was a benefit. Yeah, I mean, I'm blessed to, to do that. And, yeah. you know, I mean, p- playing football at Fresno State, there is dudes from all different uh, cultures, backgrounds, locations, hometowns. And I wouldn't say, um, you know, just because you're from this city means you have super good manners or you're an (laughs) a-hole. Right. But, you know, there's a general kind of – The Central Valley kind of has that feeling. Exactly. I definitely think so. And I know in my early stages when Coach Tim DeRuder was still recruiting – we had a lot of Texas guys on the team. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I Florida. asked a few of them. Yeah, a couple of Floridas. But the Texas guys, you know, I think DeRuder made these Texas guys feel like Fresno almost was a slice of Texas, mannerism-wise, maybe cultural-wise. Hmm. Um, and, and, you know, high school football is a big thing here. It's not like how it is in Texas. Do not get me wrong. But people care. I mean, if you win a Valley Championship in high school here, it's a big deal. It is. Mm-hmm. Some people, like – it's not as it's not a thing really and i think there is a, a slice of that type of old school friday night lights culture in some degree here in fresno that people yeah. appreciate i hope we don't lose that no we yeah. can't we yeah. have to embrace that yeah. Yeah. yeah so you walked on correct me if i'm wrong correct okay good got that one right <laughs> No, yeah, and you walked on with the podcast right there. Yeah, got one right. We go home and on a podcast. a thousand. (laughs) (laughs) And you walked on when Deruder was coach. Yes, Deruder gave me a shot to walk on, and I took it. The same phone call I was offered it. 
Mm. Didn't oh. even think. Well, where'd you go to high school? You I went to local. San Joaquin Memorial. Okay. Right in on. Fresno. Yeah. Downtown area. Yeah. Shout the the good old Catholic yeah. school and yeah. local Catholic school. I mean, yeah. it's a generational thing. Family, family. Uh, I, I I was raised Catholic, still am to this day, and you know it was a family tradition to go there. Glad I did. Uh-huh. Brothers were there now. Last last of the Delana brothers oh, is there shoot. right now, trying to continue the legacy. He's got his first game coming up here. Uh oh, uh, pressure's on. Pressure's on. What position? <laughs> oh, no. What position he's playing? Family tradition, slot receiver. Yeah, <laughs> boy. <laughs> Do Where it. does he rank? Uh, if they were all here right now, we would, we would, we, this would be a four-hour-long podcast because <laughs> we, we'd get into it. He, I think, he might have the best hands out of me and my brother Mac, who currently plays at Fresno State. Mm-hmm. His hands are big, and he's got arms like a orangutan. I mean, the guy is. <laughs> The guy is <laughs> lanky, uh, but he's mastering his craft. He's got his chip, and he he know he he knows he's got uh, expectations. And I tell him, you know, have fun, man. Football sports are supposed to be fun as a whole. It's supposed to be right. and enjoy the enjoy it because you know we we're sitting here now. They don't last forever, and it's not it's not the same. I think high school football is a special thing, and get to get to be a part of a family that. I'm blessed to be a part of where we we've all done decently well as a from a football perspective and do your thing man see where it takes you yeah. go out crack some skulls catch some touchdowns try your hardest be a leader what more can you ask for well I think it'll take you far in life yeah. whether it play it pans out how you want it to or not We're cracking skulls yeah, there, no, there you go take you far real far <laughs> he, <laughs> hey he's he, he he lays some hat I'm not gonna lie yeah. he hits yeah. don't get him pissed off <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you walk on. What was that experience like, right? So how was how did you get to the point where you're even out there, right? And, and yeah. then what what was that process like when you're practicing with these guys? You're just the walk on, air quotes at that time. Uh huh. What what was what was that all like? Well, I was blessed enough to where you know you guys are sitting here right now. I I'm not that big of a dude, but I had a good high school highlight tape. And a lot of colleges didn't want to give me scholarships because they didn't know if I'd be able to take the hits or manage, you know, take uh, blocking certain people or whatever it might be. Uh, so that was kind of my factor that was holding me back, I, I, I think. And uh, I don't know, I just want to make sure I could pull my weight in that sense. So I, I learned how to use angles and strategy and be a master of the game and learning your craft. Um, but I was given the opportunity to walk on and I, I just embraced doing my assignment, whatever that might be. Um, I wanted to, I, I've always been kind of thought from the mindset or the perspective of never give the coach a reason to take you out. Don't like, I wanted to make a choice. They couldn't, they couldn't have a coach's meeting, be like, we need to cut Frank because of this reason. Like I wanted to be like, he knows all his plays. He knows his assignment. He works his ass off. He, He's he shows up every day on time. He has attention to detail. You could tell he cares about this place, cares about this team. He's got passion. You, they want a guy like that on the team. Um, I just wanted to make sure I, I I did my job. You know, we had a coach come one time and he talked about do your one eleventh. Uh, there's eleven guys on the football field. If everybody executes their assignment, should be good to go, right? Obviously, it never is that crystal clear in the sports industry or anything in life. <laughs> But I wanted to 
I, I, I wanted to check every single box possible to where I said to myself, do not give them a reason to get rid of you. Yeah. Earn your spot. Hustle your way in. Find an angle. Yeah. And, you know, find, find a way. That's pretty much what it came down to. So that's how the walk-on spot uh, started off and, and really how it's, it's, it's been. It's, it, that hasn't changed. I've always kept that as a, a core value in my character. Yeah, I mean, and, and to kind of just, it sounds like also like when you have that attitude of I'm going to do everything in my power, right? Right. That's also doesn't leave you any regrets. So if there was a day where coach called you and said, hey, you know, like we sadly, we don't want you. That right. didn't happen. But you wouldn't have any, had any regrets. You're like, I did everything in my power. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool. Uh, on my side, too, like, you know, just in the average day folk, <laughs> the people who didn't play D1 football, it's kind of cool to see like, oh, yeah, that guy worked his tail off to get right. something that he wanted and he didn't have any regrets to it. You know, like, I think that's kind of neat. Yeah, I, I've, I mean, that's, that's how I want to be. That's how I still want to live my life day to day now is do everything to the best of your abilities. And if you give extreme effort, then you're, you're going to go to bed and sleep good at night because you have, there's, there's nothing lingering in your mind. Man, I should have went and done this. I should have got this extra work in. I wish I would have watched that film or, you know, mm-hmm. studied that play better so I didn't mess it up. If you if you checked every box, then you're you're in a good spot. Yeah. Did well, I know, but you know George Helmuth. Yes, I do. Who also walked on. Was he the same class as you? George is a year older than me. Okay. Um George is a great dude, one of my best friends. I'm in his wedding coming up. Oh, sweet. All it's right. gonna be it's gonna be great. <laughs> but George I'm I I didn't know George in high school at all. I was, that's what I was um, gonna ask if you knew him because you're no. both walk-ons, you're both local guys. I knew of him, and if you ever have any other walk-ons on this show that are younger than me, I hope that I could be uh, what George was to me to them. Just as a, uh, he did, he did everything right, mm-hmm. and I wanted to do everything right because he, his freshman year, he was, you know, finding his way on special teams, which is how you find your way when you're, you know, right off the bat. And I wanted to figure that out. Um, but I got to see George grow and just chip and chip and chip and keep hammering and hammering and hammering and doing the little things right and executing his assignments. And they'd bring a, a big recruit in and they'd, you know, they'd put him ahead of George, but then George was still doing things right. And at the end of the day, George is last man standing and he's, you know, team captain and we're, we're having a, a 12 and two season winning a bowl ring and a Nautilus championship. So to have George as a friend, but also as a guy who I, even he, even though, you know, I don't know how different we are in ages, but he was a year older than me. It was great to have him as an example. Um, but no, I, I didn't know him in high school at all. To answer your question. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was that like winning the, well, going from this Awful. one win <laughs> team. One and 11 to yeah. the 12 and two team. Yeah. yeah. What was the, that the like? No, in Fresno State history, I think, I mean, from, a sta- from a, you know, standings. I but wish there was flies on the wall with video cameras to <laughs> record it but i uh that's why we have you on the podcast right now. i <laughs> mean i i've 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 it, it was the same guys that's the thing it right was, a, a lot of it was the same dudes and coach tedford has a lot of that credibility because he came in and you just had a, a group of men that was sitting there and he basically said some words everyone said oh oh this guy's he's driving the boat now and we bought in just because when you get kicked in the teeth that hard i feel like like 
it's it's hard because you go through like every single college football program in the entire country goes through the same thing. They probably have a hell week in like February. They start spring ball. It sucks, but it's also fun, but it also sucks. Then you got winter ball. I mean, sorry, summer ball, and it's hot. You got these runs, and your strength conditioning coach is just on you the whole time. And but that's kind of where you start. You know, you you build that team culture a little bit. How 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 grimy how how gritty are we going to be? Like, how close are we? What are we doing on the weekends? Are we, are we hanging out with each other? Or is everyone hanging out with their girlfriends? Like, nothing wrong with hanging out with your girlfriend, but, you know, sometimes the boys got to be the boys. <laughs> and that leads into a fall camp, which every team goes through. It's, you're there from, you get there when it's dark and you leave when it's dark. It yeah. sucks all day, but you, like, being out of it now, like, I almost wish I wish companies could go through fall camp where they become closer, not some winter mm-hmm. retreat or something like that, but like we're becoming a molding together into one. And, uh, that, that definitely, uh, coach Tedford in every single phase throughout that, once he, he got the reins, once he got the, the head whistle, um, he just, he just attacked it. And, it, and that's, I, I give him a lot of the credibility. He just, he gave us structure. He gave us culture. He, yeah. he reinstated that dirt dog culture. Yeah. Not saying Tim DeRuiter didn't. Tim DeRuiter gave me a shot to play football, so I, I respect him, and I, I definitely hope he does well in life. And I, if I saw him, I would love to talk to him. But um, And he won Mountain West Championships. I mean, true. Devontae Adams' coach in college was Tim DeRuiter. Right. Derek Carr's was Tim DeRuiter. So you got to give him props. But Coach Tedford, just, he, he's what we needed at that time. It, the, the stars aligned perfect. And, uh, and at the same time, guys, you're, you're 20 years old. You're a grown man at that point. There's a lot of testosterone in that locker room. Guys don't want to lose again. That was embarrassing to go 1-11. And, and it's not like we got waxed every game. Like, we were losing last play of the games, getting field goals blocked, getting all kinds of stuff. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I mentioned it in some stories, like, we were up 31 nothing at one point I against Tulsa, and we lost. And <laughs> I remember that it, game. It sucks. Oh. Everyone does. Oh. So – you know, it's it's hard to say like what was the true. You couldn't pinpoint it onto one thing, but I would say Coach Tedford, and I would say enough men coming together to want to win to go towards a common goal. Yeah. And when you got pissed off, you know, grown eighteen men. to twenty-two year old grown men that are marching towards a common goal, that's dangerous. Especially when I mean, there's there's some awesome stuff that happened like. Mountain West preseason rankings come out. You're ranked last. Why wouldn't you be? You were ranked. You were one in eleven last year. <laughs> well, that kind of pisses you off a little bit. And then, you know, I don't want to get too into it because I don't know how exclusive it is. But like, <laughs> I'll put it like this: the Nevada game, uh, the year we went ten and four. Nevada put a sign at the top of our ramp. You know the ramp that the, the dogs come down before they run out. That's a mm-hmm. that's the best. S- graded hill i think in the world in my opinion like that is the funnest hill to ever run down (laughs) well they put at the top of the hill like a sign like a street cone with a sign almost that says this is i don't know what it said it's something along the lines of like battle born this is now property of nevada football like kind of just like a like at our place at our at our at our home stadium like in bulldog stadium yeah with like nevada logos like they put a little sign out there and it wasn't I mean, they didn't say any, like, profanity or anything crazy, mm-hmm. but they said something. Not, it was <laughs> enough to where the, te- the the meeting, we had a team meeting, and 
it was brought up and it fueled the fire <laughs> i mean it it i dude, i'm mad I, now let's go to nevada right saying. now let's go to like, reno yeah. but like <laughs> it didn't matter like it didn't matter if you were the starting qb to the guy who didn't dress out to the guy who was taping your ankles to the doctor to the water girl like it didn't matter everyone was genuinely like pissed off like that's disrespectful and coach tedford is a great i mean he gets you fired up he made sure we were fired up <laughs> off of it but he i mean that's something where like i remember just almost like if we were um you know if, if our arms were locked as a walking as a whole they were locked a little bit tighter because of that. People were ready to rink. Oh, like, it gets you fired up. Yeah, it it gets go. you fired up. Like, Talk about knocking skulls. I yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it gets, it gets you personal. Like, that was definitely something that, that we united. And like, like I said, we just kept uniting and uniting and uniting. And we lost. And then we started winning. And it didn't matter. And yeah. I don't know. We were never satisfied. And then we, you, know, you, you look up and you're 10-4, and four, which was awesome. But the next year, you're 12-2. and two, And it... We would never have went 12-2 and two if we didn't go 1-11 two years before. I, I believe that at least. Hmm. Yeah, and you brought up that Tulsa game, and I will never forget that because I was working it with Fresno State's marketing department. Uh huh. And we're up 31-0 at halftime, 35-0, something like that. 31. Something, 30, 31. Something significant, right? And Tulsa's head – one of Tulsa's assistant coaches, because we're standing right next to the Bulldog Tunnel uh-huh. or the Bulldog you know, Inflatable – and one of the Tulsa coaches goes up there and goes, let's kill everybody in this place. And I looked around at my buddies. I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess it worked to fire them up because they came back and, and they kind of they punched us a little bit. And, yeah, and I mean, I think that was a prime example of a team that – because at that, at that – well, that was a 111 year. That but, was not – yeah, that was the one. But you got to think how we started off that 111 year. Like, okay, we went to Nebraska, my first game ever. We didn't get destroyed by Nebraska. It was I, I think it was a three point game at halftime. And Nebraska is insane. What was it's, that stadium like? I've been to some cool stadiums. What was that one like? Uh I don't know if I'm biased because that was my first game ever. And my first like playing opportunity ever was I was on punt return and sadly the punter from Nebraska died in a car accident like three oh, weeks right. before. Oh god. Oh, I remember that story. So Everyone, when you walked into the stadium, which Nebraska, I think, holds the world record for longest – or I don't know if it's a world record, but they hold a record for the longest continuous sellout for football games. Yeah. And it's, it's 96,000 people. I've never seen th- 96,000 people. Like, driving into the stadium, we, we stayed, like, in Lincoln, and we drove to Omaha or vice versa. I think it's in Lincoln. It's in Lincoln. We stayed in Omaha. And – I remember driving by their practice facility and I'm sitting there and I'm like, damn, like, that's it. Like, okay, here we go, baby. Like jitters are coming. We keep driving. And then like 10 minutes later, you show up to this you're, like, place. You're like looking in the stadium. like, oh, you're back <laughs> that way. Right? Like, I'm like, that's pretty doing? Oh, I was like, okay, that's you Nebraska. Cool. <laughs> it looks like a place where they would park like a giant spaceship. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's just a giant. I mean, Nebraska is insane for me seeing that many people. Talk about it electrifying. This is your first time to like you're you're on the field type experience. Um, that was crazy. Bama was crazy. Washington was crazy. Out of those um, three, what was the what was the one? I mean, obviously Nebraska's got some bias for you, but like, yeah. which one? Now that you're looking back, you got to experience all three. Which one was the one that made you go whoa? And like left that. Last so we game played we played Bama and Washington back to back. Bama. It was the year like I think they won the Natty. The year before, then they won the Natty that year. It was the year Jalen Hurts started, and then Tua came in. 
And Bama's different because when you drive into the stadium, you drive past, like, the fraternities, and everyone's just outside on the grass. They're not yelling at you. They're just looking at you, and they're motioning, like, a turnaround sign. Like, <laughs> you don't want this right now. Turn around. And, oh. uh, <laughs> you know, you ignore that type of stuff, but, like, it was kind of just like, damn, you guys must do this often. Like, you, this is its own thing. Bama was crazy. They sing uh, – like, they have their own version of Dixieland Delight. Rolling down the back road. There you go. <laughs> Tennessee, by the way. And, and then they, like, add their own words in there. It's, and and it's, it's, uh, it's crazy. But, and they're, and they're, you know, you're playing the number one team in the country, so that's kind of its own experience. Um, but Washington the next week, Washington's three in the country at the time. They engineer that stadium to be as loud as possible. Like, they, that's, they love, they embrace that. The that's Seahawks the, Sea- is, that's the Seahawks, yeah, Seahawks do the same thing. Say. And they have a I don't thing. Think it's, a stadium. Uh, it's not the same stadium, no. but it's a similar build. It's the not the same yeah. stadium okay. at all. It's the same architect. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. I was. I don't know. I, was, I read about no, it. No, because that, that's what I've heard about Seattle. It's Seahawks Stadium. Is it's like it like traps the sound it, inside purposely. And there's yeah. the water right outside. I don't know which end zone. I guess it'd be the west end zone. But there's water. Like you're if you were to continue running out the end zone an extra like probably hundred feet, you'd run in the water. Oh. It's right there. Oh. It's. Oh. It's badass. That's kind of cool. But um, <laughs> weren't they credited was, with the wave? Was, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Someone listening to this should should uh, to tell us. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not yeah. gonna look it up. Someone should tell us. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> Comment. Yeah. <laughs> but that I have to say, I think Washington might have been louder than Bama. Oh wow. From a loudness standpoint. Mm-hmm. So Nebraska was crazy. Bama's Bama. And then, you know, uh, UW was crazy, too. I mean, UCLA, the Rose Bowl, the history there is insane. I think it's it, – you say the word Rose Bowl, I think that's one of the places where anywhere in the entire world they could kind of pinpoint it. Mm-hmm. Um, just so much history there. And it's same beautiful. with the, Col- the Coliseum, too. Uh, like, when the Coliseum – I forget what time, but they, they light the Olympic torch. It's – it kind of gives you a little bit of chills. Um, definitely some cool spots within the Mountain West. There's some cool spots too. I think we have the best stadium in the Mountain West, personally. Hey, go dogs! Go dogs! <laughs> I mean, as far as like fan base wise, um, even on our down years, like our fan base, they'll show up because a lot of, uh, I mean, you go play San Jose State day. and <laughs> nobody goes like ever. I went to the San Jose State game okay. when we were there. Yeah, yeah, I was sad for them. Yeah, yeah it was bad. It, I think I was there too. I think they, I saw you. It, yeah. It's it's I don't know, man. It's just like it is what it is. I think if a team's really hot, like I asked my brother last year, they played at Nevada, and at the time they were letting fans into the stadium, and Nevada had a pretty good season last year. I guess mm-hmm. I mean there were six games, but like they they were on the upper end, and my brother's like it was dead. They just had that loud ass cannon, wow. which is <laughs> it scares the crap out of you because anytime someone something happens, it's Bam! Like I mean, it's you're jumping a little bit. Wolfpack cannon? What the heck? I it doesn't make sense. Colorado used to have a cannon too. I don't know if they still do. Well, Colorado we need to bring State. back our fireworks. I remember <sighs> back when I was young, when mm-hmm. we were young, mm-hmm. they used to shoot off fireworks. Like out of the one of the end zones when we score touchdowns. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, we need to bring it back. Definitely some things. I mean, maybe I'm. Where do we start that position? Wrong. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> oh, they'll just blame it on COVID. <laughs> I think if they had to start with somewhere, like, 
they've been they were supposed to like when i started at fresno state they gave us all like a magnet thing that you put in your fridge that shows the new stadium look i'm oh, not right i'm not their financial advisor who's going to tell them what to do but raise enough money to paint the red seats as red as possible again because they're kind of getting this pinky shade oh. and it's not it's not like oh yeah this is the red wave like it's dirt dog like you gotta i think we gotta keep the red seats red don't make them pink we should paint everything even the metal benches let's just paint Do it, it red Do, why not yeah like Boys, you got a blue field. Why can't we have red seats? Right. Do whatever you want. Free country. You do whatever you want. Amen. <laughs> hey, preach it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's go back to Frank Delana and what at Fresno State. <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right. So you started out on special teams. Yeah. You mentioned. Now, what are you doing to you? You're saying you're you're watching film. You're working right. like a dog to play slot receiver. Okay. What is the day? look like for Frank Delana back so, in college? Yeah. Uh, I – well, just to make it clear, I I played slot receiver to block <laughs> in, in games. I had some amazing dudes ahead of me, not making excuses. Like, Jameer Jordan, dog. I mean, he's, he's bouncing in and out of the league in the CFL. Keyshawn Johnson, what else needs to be said? Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, Damari Scott, he's, 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 a, he's a legend. Uh, I've had some good dudes I got to learn from and do my thing, but there's only 11 guys on the field at once. We had some good tight ends at the time. We had some good running backs at the time. I didn't get a lot of action at receivers. So I found myself where, you know, if there's 110 guys on the team and there's 58, 60, 56, something like that, dressing out, that's, you know, that's half the team pretty much. Like right. I I need to find a way to make sure I'm, dressing out, making the bus, going on those away trips, all that stuff. And I learned special teams was going to be my thing. So, you know, obviously I'm not some bruiser who's going to go down on, uh, you know, kickoff or be the the punt block uh, shield or something like that. So I needed to just figure out, like, where can I get in where I fit in, essentially. And being a quicker guy, um, I learned my redshirt season – I had a special teams coordinator who basically put me on scout punt return who was trying to get our punters faster at their operation times. Because it's – I mean, it's it, – I, I know that we take advantage of special teams, like, in the NFL and in college because it's just like, oh, you know, damn, my team is punting or damn, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. But games are won and lost on special teams. Like, dudes make good livings in the NFL playing special teams. So – one regret in life is not being a punter. I, I was yeah. – hey – Still time. <laughs> but I was told to block the punt, block the punt, block the punt, block the punt. And eventually I got to the point where I kept blocking these punts in practice where the special teams dude was like the, – the head, the special teams coach was like, hey, Frankie, like I'm going to – I want you to block a punt in a game now. Like, go. So that's kind of where I, I started getting some love. Um, and I – honestly, that was my niche. That – was my niche and i i wanted i think our punt our punter blake cusick if you ever got him on here dude's been through some stuff as well definitely you know um grind into to to make it work like he he was a ray guy uh which is the the big punter award mm-hmm. he was a semifinalist a few times he's now in the transition from sports to real life and he's he's finding his way finding his path but he's on the right track and like i wish him the best but I think I helped make him a better punter because I was just on his ass every single day. 
And like I said, eventually things happened and, and, and we, I found my spot and that was kind of like, that became my specialty. Then by the time of a senior year, I was running the punt routine, the punt return unit, um, had roles on other special teams, got some time playing wide receiver, nothing crazy, like I said, but I just took so much pride in like, wow, I was a walk-on who barely made it, red-shirted, shouldn't have even made the bus, but I specialized in doing this punt block thing to where, like I said, all I did, I needed to find an angle, and that was my angle. I didn't even know what punt block was coming into it, but you find a way, winners find a way, and uh, it took me through it, and I was I was happy enough to where, like, by the end of my senior year, I'm I'm a special teams dude, and I, I got to make some calls and stuff, and it was it was fun, and I was I was very much uh, you know in a good position where I was content with that, um, mm. but it's it's I'm gonna tell you it's tough out there for a guy. Yeah. Um, that <laughs> I, you talked a little bit earlier about Tedford when he came in, and I, I've always been fascinated by like like you said there was such a quick turnaround, right? Yeah. We went from so bad to holy crap, we're like in the Mountain West Championship game so fast, right? And so what was <coughs> that? moment when he walked in what was what was your first encounter with coach Tedford and then take it to the team when maybe it's you and your special teams group or maybe right. it's the whole unit what was that like uh, are you able to share any of that yeah um, um I don't remember when he mentioned though the concept of when he was at Cal a legend at Cal there should be statues of him at Cal there should be legend there should be statues of him at Fresno State <laughs> but he uh you know, he mentioned that Cal was once number two in the country. Um, I mean, look at his lineup, like Marshawn Lynch, Aaron Deshaun Rogers. Jackson, Aaron Rodgers. Like, there's a uh, – that's – that's if you really listed it out, there's a lot of guys. And one of the reasons guys wanted to come play football under Tedford was because he's – I think he's produced – I think he has the record for most first-round quarterbacks or first overall quarterback. Like, oh, he's really? got some crazy stat. Hmm. Um, he's got some crazy stat about him. And people, he, I don't want, he wasn't bragging at all. He just, he made it known. And I forget which game it was, but he, um, he recited a message that Bill Belichick sent to him after we had a win. He just said, you know, you know, Jeff, love the way your, your team play. They, 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 they played their ass off. Good win. Like something, something you think Bill Belichick would right. say. <laughs> Very much Bill Belichick. Um, all periods, no smiley faces or emojis. Right, or but in, 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 I mean, it was – it was. And Coach Tedford doesn't go deep into it, but Coach Tedford knows Bill Belichick. Coach Tedford knows Nick Saban. Like, he's – he doesn't go – we didn't go play Bama, and he's like, oh, I'm playing Nick Saban. He's like, we got Nick today. I mean, he, he – Coach Tedford holds his own, and he's – I think he's a, a, a diamond in the rough of, of just knowledge, not even as a football guy. Of course, as a football guy. But as a man, I mean, he was not hating on DeRuiter at all, but, like, <clears throat> Coach Tedford was a father figure to a lot of these guys, myself included. He was he was a different man I could look up. Obviously, you know, my dad is my hero, but uh, Coach Tedford's a guy where you're like, I trust this guy. He's definitely wise. He knows he knows what he's talking about. I'm going to buy into this. Whereas DeRuiter was a little bit more of um, – the CEO of a company type vibes, I would say. Again, not mm-hmm. Gaston Ruder. He had his styles. He was successful doing it. Maybe it was just the point I was at in my playing career. Um, but he also, he meant business. And he said there was going to be changes. And we went through spring ball. It was early spring ball that year. And I don't know the exact amount of people, 
but we had uh, we had cuts in spring bowl right after spring bowl. At the time, I think there was 110 dudes on the team, something like that. And everyone had a meeting with coach after after spring ball, and some dudes were on the team still, some dudes weren't. And that's for whatever reason that might have been. That's that's their call. But I think there was just a point of he trimmed the fat, I guess you would call it. Uh, definitely just it was it was time to not even cut your weak links but what do you bring to the table why should you stay here and that raised the bar like crazy um i i it was he he knew that there was talent there and he just needed to get everyone on the same page and on the right track and embrace the good stuff um he brought back the old school culture of Fresno State football which is so slept on and I hope that this uh, staff with coach DeBoer continues to to embrace because it's kind of you know I know we're not like uh, USC or Notre Dame that has like or Bama we're like they were like the same old school jerseys no matter what Mm -hmm. we're not that team at all which I like because I think we have some pretty good swag Mm -hmm. but we have some you know it's called the pride and tradition and you guys see t-shirts and all that stuff the pride and tradition is something that we had to memorize we had to live and die with and coach Sedford said go talk to a guy that lived that was under the coach Sweeney era they know what the pride of tradition is and you do or you guys hear in the videos after practice somebody says hey so-and-so what are you and they'll say bulldog born bulldog born bulldog bread bulldog bread and that's kind of like I think a very special thing that you know throughout the years you go to some of these other programs let's just talk in the Mountain West I don't think a team like Nevada or even Boise or San no, Jose, like, I don't think they have, like, that bulldog born, bulldog bred. Like, people know that. Mm-hmm. They, they say, like, I don't I don't. I mean, probably something generic like Bronco Strong or something like that. Good <laughs> for those guys. Like, we got dudes that are dying by it. I mean, Devonta Adams has it tattooed on his arms, and he's best wide receiver in the NFL right now. Like, mm-hmm. it means something here. Yeah. And Coach Tedford just made sure – we learned about the history. He um, he almost brought back to life that dirt dog culture of hey, you know, you this is how we play football in the valley, and you need to embrace it. That that valley V means something. When we played San Jose State in the years before Tedford, it didn't really mean anything. We learned all about it. Anytime we learned about a trophy, we played for a trophy. We learned the history behind the trophy. Anytime we played any That's team, awesome. we learned we learned the history behind it. There, there's a reason. You're playing this game not only for the guys in this room, but for those that played before you. That There's guys watching those games that used to play for Fresno State that they take pride in watching the dogs. They don't want to see you guys go get punched in the mouth. They want you guys to punch someone in the mouth. Like You're the hammer or the nail, and you sure as shit aren't going to be the nail tonight because it's <laughs> it's our game. And you, know, you just kind of got to appreciate a coach that embraces that and gets fired up off that. Like, I, I, I mean, I'm I ready did. to run through a wall. That's what I'm saying. I'm ready to go, Coach. Put <laughs> <So>, me in. <laughs> and it's it's something where Coach Tedford, I, like I said, I I I'd love to see Coach Tedford soon. He's 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 a man that I would want at my wedding and at my funeral. Like he's he's a guy who. Let's you hope you he, don't die before. I know, I, I know, I know. But he he definitely influenced people's lives, and 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 you could tell. Like Marshawn Lynch came to a few practices over the years, like dudes value Tedford Aaron Rodgers will tweet about him every once in a while like <laughs> I'm not saying it he's he's uh you know God but he 
he definitely He's sitting right next to him. That's for sure. He changed <laughs> some people's lives, and he won some football games on top of it. And it's very unfortunate that you know he his coaching career at Fresno State was cut a little bit short off of different circumstances. But he definitely left his mark in the valley, and I think nobody's going to argue with that. No. After learning about the trophies, which one means the most to you? Um, so our bigger ones, obviously, you want to win the Mountain West Trophy. That's the most important one. Right. You want to win your bowl game trophy. That's the most important one. But as far as regular season goes. Like rivalry trophies? You know, San Diego State's the oil can. Uh, kind of a, a little bit of a janky trophy, like trophy itself. <laughs> so the trophy is like, it looks kind of cheap. It's a total, it's an actual. Is it an actual oil can? It's an actual oil can. Oh. And I forget the exact story behind it. It's something along the lines of there was a game and somebody I, – I, I don't know about that one. Something <laughs> with oil – it actually happened, though, about oil and a football game. <laughs> Whatever. Legend uh-huh. be told. Kay? Right. Um, the melt can with Boise is pretty badass. It's I – mean, that's a big trophy. It kind of has, like, Stanley Cup vibes around it. It's pretty cool. Oh, really? Okay. Um, I think just because that's a bigger trophy, it's cool. But that Valley V, that Valley V, I think, weighs like 200 pounds. It is so heavy. If you see someone carrying it above their head, they're, they're struggling. Jacked. They're struggling. <laughs> yeah. They're jacked. And Put, that's like two 45-pound plates above your head. Uh, but that thing's so sick. I mean, it's, it's a newer trophy, so like it's hard to get a, behind it as far as like, oh, this is the, a traditional, you know, I, there, I know there's been a, a thousand people that have touched this trophy. Like, it's, it's badass. Like, it's it's kind of newer of a trophy. It looks like, and that's San Jose State, right? San Jose yeah. State. Are they considered Valley? So the they Silicon cons- Valley. Silicon Valley. So it's the Silicon Valley versus the Central Valley. Yeah. Uh, the, the and please. I mentioned to one of my buddies uh, <laughs> in what I was talking about. I don't think they embrace the quote unquote Valley V like we do. Like that Valley V, it's a green V on the back of our helmets. Right. That matters to us. Our color. We we have no green in our color scheme at all. Like. That is a curveball and a half. That's if, I mean, you know, that's if, like, the San Francisco Giants put a pink B on their hats all of a sudden for Bay. Like, it's not going to happen. It's not <laughs> going to happen. It's not so going to happen. We've got this green V on our helmets. I think San Jose State, personally, I think they just get hyped up, uh, you know, that week we play Fresno. Like, I don't think they bleed Valley yellow or anything like that. Right. Like, they – it's not the same, and they. It's not the same, and there's. I. They will. I think they'll openly say that too. You know, some years they win, some years we win. I hope we win more years for sure. It's sure shit more fun that way. But <laughs> amen. But we. Uh, I think we. We run the V. We we should. It's one of those games where. Look, guys. We. This is our V. They don't have a V. We have the V. We need to make sure we win this football game, and we keep the Valley V. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. For sure, my favorite. Yeah. Heck yeah. What's your um, – you've obviously got a ton of cool stories looking back. Favorite game or favorite moment? You've probably – you've been to the Mountain West Championships. You've been in the, the you know, the not-so-winning seasons. Right. Personal play or favorite game, which one is your favorite and what is it? Um, I would say favorite – you know, it's, that's hard. I mean <laughs> – all the there, we there ask was, the hard questions the, on this show. Yeah, <laughs> there was a lot of, of really good moments. Um, okay, from a as a game, let's talk game. Kay. Obviously, the Mountain West and the bowl games were sick. I'm not going to count those. Mm-hmm. But honestly, that UCLA game we played 
at UCLA. I know we were we were we were um, we were underdogs for that game. We were, and we went to the Rose Bowl. Chip Kelly travel. Chip across, Kelly. Across, oh, big old Chip Kelly. Big bad Chip Kelly. <laughs> we we went. The red wave showed up. What people? I mean, for me personally, my brother was actually a recruit that game for UCLA. Really? So I'm warming up for this game, and you see all the recruits are out on the sidelines before the games. My brother's sitting there, and he he did have like a black hoodie on instead of like UCLA. I could I couldn't let him wear UCLA. I would have disowned him. As <laughs> you would have gone over there in your in your well, state gear and been like, "Boy, what are you?" Well, I <laughs> I, I, went, I did. I mean, like my mom was with him, and my mom had Fresno State stuff on. Cause she's like, "You're on a recruiting visit. My other son is playing tonight against you guys. <laughs> like, this is cool and all, but." What do you, are you, I mean, what, what are you bringing to the table here? And, you know, I kind of was doing warm-ups. I got to go up to the UCLA recruiting sideline and kind of, you know, give them a little, little head nod, like, like, good luck tonight. Like, <laughs> like, like dumbass, come to Fresno State. <laughs> and he, uh, you know, he smiled. It was a cool little brotherly moment. And then we had, you know, we won the val- – and as throughout the game, UCLA kind of trickled out. Like, the red wave took over that game 100%. Paul George was there. Got to say what's up to Paul George. Like you know, I, I, I come. I'm on the sideline. Things are we're warming up. All of a sudden, Paul George is giving everybody high fives. I'm like, oh shit, it's Paul George. Like, it's pretty, it's pretty cool, man. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> you know, I think it's just. I don't want to say everything could have went right that game because we got points. We didn't win seventy-two to nothing. So obviously, nothing. Everything went right. But we were just we were so hungry. We were we had such a chip on our shoulder. We knew we weren't supposed to win, but we were like, let's win. Like, let's just do it, man. Like, and a lot of these guys from L.A. we have on our team, they played with a chip on their shoulder because they – when you grow up in L.A., you want to go to USC or UCLA, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Well, they didn't get to go to USC or UCLA. Or maybe they did, and they're not there anymore. They're at Fresno yeah. State now. And they uh, – it was personal. It was a personal game, and it was fun as hell to win and just the red wave, like, going crazy after the game and – I don't know. That was definitely a, like, damn, that was badass. Obviously, home game-wise, we beat Boise at home during the day game. Listening to Fresno State, Fresno State, I mean, that was crazy. Yeah. It was it was crazy. And when Keyshawn Johnson scored that long touchdown, I was – I mean, I, was, I thought I was going to 50-yard penalty because I was sprinted to him. <laughs> he took his helmet off and – we got, you know, in, well, I didn't. Keyshawn shouldn't have taken his helmet off. <laughs> you know, Coach Tedford made sure he learned that one. But he, that was insanely electric. Yeah. And I think if you're a little kid that was at that game by chance, you're, you like Fresno State football at least, you know, 10% more because of that experience. That was crazy. Yeah. I like Fresno State 10% more because of that. There you go. I've never been there, yeah. <laughs> Me too. So <laughs> I was like, this is even cooler now. Yeah. But I would say yeah. that's kind of my – Personal experiences. I like what you said about the game being personal against UCLA. I think we're one of the few schools in the country that, like, every game is personal. personal. Every game kind of feels personal. I think it's Pat Hill. It's like we'll play anybody, anytime, anywhere. And so when we show up, it's like we're coming for It's personal. I I don't know who you are, but I'm going to – I have cousins that are, like, SEC folk, you know, Georgia Bulldogs sort of thing. Like, when they play Vanderbilt, it's not very personal. No, no, no. Like they know what's good. Right. They know, they, they know they're going to kick Commodore's right. butts by about 35 each game. Right. Yeah. But e- even over. when New Mexico is not good, I mean, we lost to them last year. But Or San Jose State, it's personal. It's, it's always, always personal. personal. 
I know, and that's why I like. I mean, they'll say it's personal, but it's not really personal over there. It's and it's not, and I th- one thing Coach Tepper did such a good job on was finding an angle to make it personal, because <laughs> it should be football is a personal game. Like it, I'm putting my full will on the line to go against you every single play, and it starts in the trenches, and everyone's got to do their job, whatever it might be, from a guy like me who's just trying to make something happen on punt return to a guy who's trying to you know, make a block on the offensive line to make sure that Ronnie Rivers could go score that touchdown. Whatever it might be, everyone has their job. And those winning programs, I mean, you could have the trainers on here. They had the same mindset as the players. It wasn't just, oh, we got practice today, like eight. You know, it wasn't a nine to five for them. It was like, no, get, we got practice today. We got to make sure that those ankles are taped correctly, that everyone's stretched properly, that make sure that guy ice baths because he's going to be sore tomorrow. Make sure that Gatorade's made correctly, like, it was a full program buy-in, and that's what it takes to win championships. So you brought up Gatorade. Yeah. And this is going to be a total <laughs> side note. But no, I good. heard that at Fresno State there was, like, a special kind of Gatorade that you wanted, and it was, like, a mixture of two flavors. Uh, they have a few that I personally liked. I know it was a team favorite. They had, like, a swamp color. That's yes. like I remember the swamp. Yeah. That was the one I remember. I it's never like heard this. It's, like, a green, greenish purple, like a – like a bayou almost. Like it, I don't know. Swamp color is really good. Purple's really good. <laughs> Blue's, red's really just the one that's not good. I don't like red at all. My family it's loves red. Nah, buy it all the time. That's weird, man. Yeah. I mean, it's like. Nope. Team no red. It's a little cough syrupy for me. It's like I feel like I'm sick yeah. and I need to drink Gatorade to get it like turns my everything red. I just don't need it. Let me go match your jersey. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> but I. Uh, Paint the seats red and my teeth red while you're at it. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, there, there's definitely different flavors. And, you know, throughout the time, there would be some days where it's like, oh, who made the Gatorade today? Like, the ratio is way off today. Like, it's so watery or it's way too, yeah, I don't know, electrolyte E <clears throat> or sugary, whatever it might be. Like, red Gatorade drink, guy has a job to do. It, we expect it to be executed at a championship level. <laughs> How are we supposed to perform? Is this Gatorade taste you gotta like ho- You got to hold, st- hold the rope. You got to hold the standard. <laughs> oh, God. All right. After you're done playing football at Fresno State, what's next for Frank? So before my senior year of football, like I said, I already graduated at the time. I'm just doing my master's at now. I know I'm not going to go to the NFL. I have no motivation to go to the NFL. Uh, but I'm I'm 22 and I'm like, I'm I'm a piece of muscle right now. Like I'm iron. I'm in great shape. I'm the strongest I've ever been. I what what I mean. I know like my family farms. Uh, my family farms onions. You know, Ooh. shout out to onions and Delana Farms. But I they love onions. Uh, there you go. I'll get I you do. guys some onions. Grilled onions. But I uh, pretty great or raw. I knew I was always gonna <laughs> work on the farm. When you're a farm kid, you know you're going to work on the farm. It's just kind of how it goes, especially here in the Valley. It's what I wanted to do. I studied ag business, master's degree in hydrology. Like, all roads were pointing towards go farm onions. <laughs> but I knew there was just deep in my heart, in my gut, I knew there was something in between. And I took a class at Fresno State called the History of the Olympic Games. Uh, I recommend it. I took it. I did too. Well, sh- with, we kn- with uh, Brig Beatty. Be- there you go. He Brig- was there. I know. Did I know. See? I saw. I talked oh, to him. Yeah, yeah, he made oh, it. Shoot. Yeah, he yeah. was there. Wow. I, I need to shoot him an email. But he, uh, he t- during it, it was the 2018 Winter Olympics, and he, I was with Juju Hughes and a couple of lacrosse girls in that class, and he was just like, I tell athletes every year in my class, try to be a bobsledder because 
it, nobody grows up bobsledding and all they take is ex college athletes that are athletic and fast and willing to compete. And I'm like, eh, you know, okay. So I'm Googling it. I watch cool runnings a couple times. <laughs> I was going to ask how many times. Yeah. 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 Seen cool runnings yeah, yeah. <laughs> you look at the, you know, you're, 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 uh, you're looking at the Jamaicans and stuff. Then you kind of start looking into it and you're like, okay, you know, I, that's maybe we'll see. Anyways, uh, BD gives me kind of like a direction in some sort. I don't I, like. I, I he probably thought he was just talking to another student. It's a GE class where I he probably teaches it ten times a day for fifty guys at a time. So I'm sure I was nothing in his mind, but I just kind of was like it. Kind of just kind of sat on my brain a little bit. Long story short, I get uh, get in contact with the right people, kind of get shuffled out to Park City, Utah, to do a combine, which is essentially like. A couple sprints, a couple jumps, it's, you know, nothing or, crazy. For the combine, are you actually in a bobsled or is this? No, like no, no. It's grass? it's like on a track. Okay. Yeah, uh, you run like it's like ten yard split, twenty yard split, thirty yard split. Which I'm, which I'm, you're perfect at. I mean, it's it what is, I'm good at. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, pretty good. They have some weird way you had to start, but more than anything, I met uh, a few coaches there that. I, I built a relationship with like I was just some dude there like they knew who I was coming in they knew I played college football still and I made clear like hey should I even come to this tryout because I'm, I still have a college football season ahead of me they're like come see how it goes if it works out you know maybe you'll want to come to speed school in December so I do the tryout I build a good relationship with the two skeleton coaches uh, Matt Griff and Nick and they I didn't know what skeleton was I was just like what is skeleton Skeleton is the equivalent to bobsled, which bobsled is you're basically in a, you know, you could describe it a million ways. Um, it's like a small car, essentially. You run, 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 jump in, and uh, you steer down a icy track with curves. Um, you're going 80 miles an hour plus. And skeleton is similar, but you're by yourself. Bobsled, you're a team. Skeleton, you're by yourself, and you go head first by yourself. And you have no brakes. And you steer with your shoulders and knees. You have no other way of steering. It's basically a uh, boogie board down a, uh, you know, ice water park. <laughs> yeah. And you learn, all about, you learn all about G-force and how to steer. And, like, there's the fast parts of the track, how not to crash, how to crash. How not to crash is probably pretty important. Yeah. Right. 80 miles an hour head first. Right. So these coaches are just like, look, man, like there's a lot of fast guys. Everyone says it's good. Uh, everyone says they want to do it. Most guys don't follow through and even try it. It just sounds cool. And I was like, nah, man, like, nah, like, I, I need this. I got to try. I got to get my worth in out of this. So I go to this. It's called Speed School. Uh, early January, go to Speed School. It's me and, like, 14 other people. I'm the first one down the mountain. I have never seen anybody do this in real life. They put you in a U-Haul truck. They drive you up. You start off going, like, halfway. Or wait, like, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They put all 14 guys in a U-Haul truck? Uh, Maybe we did two U-Haul trucks. Maybe it was, like, That's seven so and seven. so sketchy looking. It's like, all right, you seven, you just got here. Just get in this big, <laughs> big <laughs> truck. No, There's it's, no windows or anything. We'll there's no by. windows. <laughs> it's it's just, like, it's there's like a drive-in. There's water in the back. <laughs> there's not even benches. It's just, like... <laughs> A truck just hanging on. Yeah, they're like they're like brace yourself, hold on, and they're just like okay, you go up this windy road, and we drew straws, and 
I had to go first. And I'm hey, like, hey, the Valley Boys always have to go first. Valley Boys, I wanted it. I want to eat that one on the chin. Like, I wanted it. Go dogs. Go dogs. <laughs> and I, so I go first. And the guy, and the coach is like, I was like, all right, so like, what technique should I use? Blah, blah, blah. He's like, dude, just hold on, man. And I'm just like, holy crap. This is about to go. And I let the record show I hate roller coasters. I would never jump out of an airplane for fun, like parachute, like, I, I'm not like some adrenaline junkie. Like, oh, you must love that, the thrill. And I'm like, no, nah, like I'm just fast. I was told if you're fast, you might be good at this. <laughs> so here I am. But I, I really, really struggled. Like I hated it. Uh, I hated it like off the bat because you're just crashing into a wall. It's oh, not gosh. fun. And the guy after me fell off his sled, was just gliding down like chest on ice, going like 65 miles an hour, quit immediately. <laughs> Like, I was number one, number two. There's now number two. There's just a number, you know, new number two. Now number three is number two. And I made it through speed school. I learned all about sliding. People kind of got weeded out. And eventually they were like, you know, if you really want to, like, if you really want to have a shot at being competitive in this, you, you, sh- you need to stay here. And uh, got an apartment, stayed there for two years, worked my way up the ladder, um, had the opportunity to train with some elite people. I mean, I've got to train with Olympians, um, race with the Olympians, Team USA, met people from all kinds of countries. I mean, I'm not wow. fluent in the other languages, but, like, <laughs> I, I've got to – I have friends in different area codes far away, which is kind of cool to have. But uh, just to hear their experiences, their angles, like their cultures, get a little bit of – get a little bit of uh, – a taste of what they've gone through and see how they train as Olympians is crazy. And uh, to start off in speed school, not knowing anything about anything to, I get to race against these guys. It's pretty, pretty cool, pretty, pretty humbling experience. Something where it, it's kept me hungry to keep climbing up the totem pole a little bit. Um, so you said you hate it. Are you still doing it? Yeah. So I finished up in uh I finished season. I finished season in. Uh, well, obviously, when the snow's done, you're done. And uh, sorry, I. Um, <laughs> <laughs> who's the pressure washer? Yeah, my brother <laughs> turned on the pressure washer. It's okay. We do this in a winery. <laughs> no, it's fine. Winery's. I mean, it's a really nice winery yeah, for you guys. Who's never really seen cool. it? Jubilee. But. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I got distracted. I totally lost my train of thought. Like, Dude, what is happening? No, okay, so. You're still doing I'm it. I'm still doing it. Yeah, yeah. So I finished up in, uh, like, the end of February. Um, I don't know where I stand. You know, I've, I've definitely climbed my way up, but I they're going to take two to the 2022 Olympics. And there's people that have been training for this that for 15 years, and I've been doing it for a year. And I'm, I mean, I'm, I got potential – but it's going to be tough to make those 2022 Beijing games, especially considering I didn't get to travel this last season. I was set to go to a few different countries. COVID kind of put a halt on everything. So I don't even know if I'm going to be eligible for one. But for two, at the end of the season, I had a race where I kind of tweaked my calf a little bit, um, tore a little piece of my calf. I'm cool now on the calf, but Great. eventually I kept, I kept ra- I pushed through it, and I had a day where I woke up, couldn't feel my – I, I fell out of bed, 
Oh, went no. to the hospital and I have a fat blood clot in my leg. Oh, oh. shoot! Yeah, really scary. Really. Got that Johnson and Johnson. I was set to <laughs> yeah. I was set to go. Uh, I was set to go to Lake Placid the next day on an airplane. Wow. For an, uh, the Eastern Regional Finals, which was a, a pretty significant race for me at the time, and I uh, I couldn't go. So it was. Wow. Well, that I mean, sucks. Easily as an athlete, one of the hardest things I had to go through, just because like. I learned a brand new sport. I was finally getting good enough to where I was getting some recognition and getting a little bit of a rankings. And now I got this fat blood clot on my leg as a 23-year-old kid who's, you know, moved to Utah to do this. Yeah. And I – it was a gut punch, and now I'm kind of just in this – I'm on blood thinners. I did rehab. Oh um, I don't know where I stand, but, you know, I can't I can't slide skeleton if I have a blood clot still. And right now it's not going away as fast. You can't do much with – blood clots in your leg. I'm not supposed to take a hit. I can't do certain things. Uh, I'm on, like I said, I'm on blood thinners, so I, I got to be cautious of it. But I, more than anything, you know, I could probably live day-to-day life, but skeleton, you get in a car accident every single day. Can't really continue to do that. Um, <laughs> that would be so, tough. Yeah, but, I, but yeah. I'm going to play it by ear. I kind of, you know, by November 1st, I would have an answer for you guys. My blood clot's still there. I'm probably going to hang him up, to be honest. But if it's gone, I'm full on going to try to see, take this as far as I can, at least for the next year, see mm-hmm. where it takes me. Hey, Caleb, uh, I am not a winter sport guy. Are you? No, I, I try to avoid cold weather. So so when you go skiing and snowboarding, there's this, like, little, like, the, the kitty hill where you, like, learn how to ski and snowboard. Uh-huh. Um, I have never even done that. No, I haven't so, either. So I can't imagine what the skeleton kitty hill looks like. <laughs> Can you describe that for us? Is there even one, or they're just like, no. hey, this is the Olympic one. Knock yourself out. So one thing I kind of mentioned is, okay, one thing I, I, I for sure need to bring up is, like, that's one of the crazy things about the sport itself is there is no entry. Like, it's 0 to 100 automatically. It's like, like, all right, go down this hill. Right, so like I like to use the analogy of football. Like, okay, let's say you, I want to play football. Well, you're not just going to start playing football and go to the NFL. You're going to probably play some sort of, whether it's Pop Warner, then you're going to be on JV in high school, then you're varsity, then you go to some college, and then you go to the NFL. Or sometimes you go to the CFL or the AFL or whatever in but between. you got to work your way up. you got to work your way up. This is, okay, welcome to the Olympic facilities. <laughs> this is how we do things. <laughs> learn and they start you off you go halfway down the mountain um you're, you're going i don't know 50 60 65 miles an hour and then you go three quarters of the way up and then you go all the way up and then you start sprinting at the very top so i was at the point where i it took me a couple it took me like a month to get to the top and i um it's scary. Like, it's intimidating as hell. I got some pretty sweet videos of, like, what it looks like at the top. Any person that ever came watch me slide, it's – I mean, it's, like, it's intimidating. Like, the walls are 10 feet tall, and you're – I mean, you're a human being. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not that wide of a person. Your sled's not that wide. Like, there's a lot going on. Um, so there is no entry. There is no, like – there is no pop one or a skeleton. It's, it's – <laughs> It's you go from, oh, I don't know if I'm going to do skeleton to, all right, you're racing against Olympians your first day. And you gotta, you're either going to adapt or... Survival of the fittest. Yeah, it's sink or swim. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, we were talking about finding your niche. Niche? How do you... How do you niche? How do you niche? Niche. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking about it earlier. Right. You're, you're also finding another thing to do, and that's podcasting. I am. I, I, I mean, totally new to me. This is my first cross over on a podcast. This so. is mine first, too. So we, we did it together. Nice. <laughs> Knuckles. <laughs> yeah. Knuckles across and the table. I... Uh, you got to plug it. Make sure you plug it. Okay. Uh, it's called the Bring the Juice Podcast. Um, we have five episodes out. They're going to be dropped every Thursday. Follow us on bringthejuice.pod. Good stuff. Essentially, like, the background on it, um, I know you guys have this th- this podcast here. Like, I love how it's Fresno State-based. We were talking about it beforehand. I think you guys get a ton of – you guys have some great content opportunities here. Mine, personally, it's not – it's not Fresno State based. Um, I I just want to talk to elite athletes. When I say elite athletes, I'm not saying they run a four four forty. I just want people on that have been through some some very unique experiences. Whether it be things we talked about earlier, like playing against Alabama or Nebraska or in Mountain West championships or or uh, to the NFL, to getting traded around the NFL, to college softball, college golf, college baseball, professional baseball, being in the minor leagues. Just talk about the Olympics. I got a lot of, you know, Team USA people or Olympians uh, from various countries that I know that want to come on. Maybe it's a sideways thing. I don't know. Coaches, people that are just deep, deep, deep in the game. Like, sports is a game to a lot of people, but it's also a business. And to hear their side of things, I think, is really unique. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just kind of want to talk about, like, the human being side to these athletes and – how their experiences I've used a lot of like cliche football terms that like you said you want to run through a wall because of it like it gets me fired up but how can I implement those things that I learned in football to being a successful businessman to being a good father or husband or brother or son to whenever the whenever that time suits or uh, as an investor being smart being taking action but not being over aggressive and you know, I truly believe you want to surround yourself with good people. Um, cut the weak links when they need to be cut, which is a hard, hard thing to do as an adult, I think. Mm-hmm. And iron sharpens iron. If I, could, if I could bring a guy on the podcast who's done some good things throughout sports, well, clearly they've, they've done something right because if you don't show up to practice or you don't go to that meeting on time, you're going to get cut. So you know how to do that. Well, how did you take those experiences and make, take it to that next level? Um, what are the things that you believe in? I talk a lot on my podcast about mentors, books, events that people go to, like who are your people idolize these guys? Who do they idolize? Um, a lot of direction. And I do it always by, you know, we're always drinking some beer or (laughs) sipping on some whiskey. Well, we're drinking wine. We're drinking wine. I mean, that's just as good. That's what I'm saying. So I like to keep it light, keep it fun, tell some stories about their experience and then just kind of wrap it into like, how are you trying to be the best version of yourself you could possibly be in all aspects of life, not just on uh, on your sports experience, on your sports profile? Like, you know, these are the guys we watch on TV, the guys we draft to fantasy teams, the guys we we, we wear their jerseys. We who are they as as human beings, and to see that side of them, be a little vulnerable, talk about experiences that also calloused their mind. Like, what makes them? What what are they working for? What's their definition of success? That's just kind of where I'm at on it, and it's really, really new. Um, I'm excited for it. We'll see where it goes, see where it takes us. 
see where it uh, branches off to. But yeah, bring the juice podcast Thursday mornings. Check it out. Dude, I'm excited, man. Yeah, I it's mean, I, I hope it's I, good. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm <laughs> I took some you know YouTube courses and <laughs> read some books, and I'm 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 trying to make you're the best set. of it. You're set yeah. now. You're yeah. good to go. Professional. But I think that's it's funny how like Michael and I and Caleb Puetz, who joins us during the season, right? You know, we're uh, and you you know him and you know, and a lot of people are fascinated by athletes. Yeah, and what athletes are like outside of their s- specific sport because you know we just see them as a glorified athlete like right a superhero yeah almost, like a superhero right and then when you you know you come in and you talk to them and you're like oh yeah they're just a, like me it's just a they're dude they right. just pizza too i mean <laughs> they are way stronger than me faster and you know they're, i think that's part of it they've gone through some cool things you've seen them on espn but they're normal like they right. are human beings and a lot of them have some cool experiences and they have chips on their shoulder. Like a lot of these dudes, like whether it be, um, you know, a, a, a sickness or an injury or a death in the family or a, some sort of a weird thing. You know, I mentioned in one of my episodes, like my kind of, my kind of chip on my shoulder growing up was growing up a farm kid. I had a little bit of a different childhood, not saying it was bad. It was good, but it was, it was different. And it molded me into who I was. Maybe these guys, they lost a parent or they tore an ACL and it, it molded them into who they are um, mm. for the better. Like I try to have guys on that are th- thriving because people do swing either way. Just because you play D1 or NFL or whatever doesn't mean you're, you're a, a, a superhero or you're a politician or you're a business owner. But I'm the type of guy where I'm never going to hate on someone. I would never put someone down for trying, you know. Whether you're trying to start the next Google or you're trying to just have a really, really nice lemonade stand, if you're trying, that that means something, I think. And especially in today's day and age where some people, they, they're trying to take the easy road on things. And I don't know. I, maybe it's my inner valley Fresno roots that say hard work goes a long ways. So I think we need more lemonade stands. I don't see, honestly, I don't see I enough. Love lemonade. Yeah. Lemonade is great. I know yeah, there's a lemonade it. truck. But there should be. What? Yeah, there's a Frozen lemonade. Frozen lemonade. Truck. Yeah. Strawberry lemonade? Strawberry very, lemonade. Very good. <laughs> My favorite of the lemonade. There is an industry in Fresno that's untapped. Oh, yeah. Off the we lemonade. We should just make one. I think Go ahead, Michael. Go for it. All right. I'll find, <laughs> find some spare time. <laughs> oh, shoot. No, it sounds really cool, man. I'm, uh, it's cool that you're starting that podcast, and it sounds like you're going uh, to – we wish you the best, and I'll have to listen to it. I appreciate it. I seriously do. I Like I said, I've listened to your guys' podcast. I love your episodes. I think you guys – I know everyone took a hit off COVID – and uh, you guys are getting back in the swing of things right now, but I definitely think coming forward, this is going to be a podcast. I'll be sure to shout out you guys. Make sure that we nice. uh, we exchange hats or whatever yeah. it might be. <laughs> yeah. And uh, make sure you take home some wine. Don't yeah, worry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll bring you guys some onions, and it'll there be all right. <laughs> a nice little trade off. But I mean, that's that's kind of the thing. Like, I think what's so cool about you guys' podcast. I got my podcast. I'm sure there's a few others up and coming that. Oh yeah. Whatever, but like you want to network, you want to yeah. meet people, you want to hear about their experiences. Like if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. And I truly believe that. And I think this was an episode tonight where everyone got better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think one, th- Hell yeah. one <laughs> thing that, you know, I love about the Valley. We've been talking about the Valley all night and we can talk all night about it, but we can. Yeah. <laughs> What's so great about it is that it's yes. You want competition. Competition right. makes you better. But at the same time, the people within our industry, like bringing them up as well. Right. Not only does it 
help them and you're helping someone, but it helps you out as well. Like yes. just in the wine world, you know, there's local wineries. I, we all love each other. Right. We help each other out. Yep. Same. I think the same in the podcast world. I want you to do well. Right. And whoever else is, you know, have, has a podcast out there in Fresno. I, I want everybody to do well and we can help each other. Yeah. I, I think there's no need for anybody to hate on no. anything else. Oh. I'm not going to go to any winery. May as well just be friends, you know, <laughs> especially when we're doing right. something like podcasts. Yeah, I'm not going to go to a winery and dump like yeah, my toe gonna fungus in Break it. all their yeah. bottles or anything like right. that. Or I don't pee in the barrel see or your toe something. fungus, Caleb. No, don't you don't even, want to. Don't even put There's that lots of it. Any wine. <laughs> it is uh, definitely a community where I think everyone wants to see each other be successful, wants each other eat. And uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be a part of it. I hope it continues to grow. You guys continue to grow. Hopefully, you guys get on. You know, Derek Carr. Whatever the goal is. <laughs> yeah. Who's who's your who's your like prime? Like, if you had, I need this guest on. Oh god. Who's your hail mary? Well, this is ba- you're gonna get me in trouble. No. <laughs> I, don't I know. know it wasn't me. So who who? Was yeah, it? Frank Delana. Yeah, there all, you go. I, all the Delana brothers. Once your brother, we want a whole. He's gonna commit to Delana Fresno brothers. State. Yeah, he's going to commit to Fresno State, and then we're going to have him on. And we'll you guys have will go viral off that. <laughs> I don't know how Deal. or why, but it might happen. <laughs> Deal. So that would be really cool to have all three of them on. Side note, that's not my – yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know you had to Hey, we're just spitballing here. But, I mean, I think, you know, the, of course, you want the big names. You want Judge Carr, Devontae yeah. Adams, Paul George. Yeah. I think Tyler Johnson would be fun to have on. Yeah. You know, he's not big name, but NBA player. I mean, he's he's – Oh, he's not a big name, but he's an NBA player. He's been an NBA yeah, for, I, what, t- ten, 10 years? He's made like 75 right. million playing you, in the NBA. You don't, you don't hear guys talking about it like, oh, we got Paul George. Well, that's like, the thing about Fresno State is like, okay, you hear Aaron Judge. You hear Derek Carr. You yeah. hear Devonta Adams. Those are big names in their sports, and they just also all happen to go to Fresno State. Like, that's I, – I mean, I don't know another sport that has a big three like that. Well, I, really? I know that when – I think it was just after I Devontae Adams. I mean, right. yeah. Throw and, some respect on his name. Oh, I know. Uh, Fresno State won the award for best trio. There was like the threes, the trios, the NBAs. Uh huh. The best, the best trio was mm-hmm. won by Judge, George, and Carr. Oh yeah. And all of no college, doubt. all of the NCAA, which was really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. I'd like to get some old guys on here and talk yeah. to them. We had Steve Hosey on. I don't know if he's a baseball player. Uh huh. they was drafted, uh, MLB and played a little bit. Yeah. And. Uh, he was awesome, so fun. And you know, you get these older guys, older guys on, and they bring wisdom. Yeah. And lots of stories. And the MLB guys, they talk about fights and all yeah. this stuff. It's fun, you know. I mean, their rivalry with my, Fullerton. Uh, my uncle, my uncle's name is Jason Wood. He played for Fresno State. Had a, like a twenty-year career in Major League Baseball, in and out between minor leagues, major leagues, getting traded, winning games, all the good stuff. He's now been managing. He was the AAA manager for the Texas Rangers for a while, bouncing around. He's now has a really good position with the San Francisco Giants. Um, Giants. Baseball's in his blood. Fresno guy, definitely a dude to look out for. And then Pete Delena is my uh, technically we're cousins, Fresno State legend for baseball. Dabbled in the league as well. Definitely did his thing. Left his mark. Um, so, hey man, reach yeah. out, man. Those Heck guys yeah, are. Dude, those dude, are I didn't know hey, we had like. Up, dude. Sign yeah. us up. We'll I didn't know legacy, we had bulldog bloodline here. My dad, yeah. my dad played football at Fresno State for a little bit. Like, there, you could. We got some bloodlines. Dang. Okay, forget we the three brothers. We gotta have the whole Delana we'll family. Just, we got a big winery in here. We'll just have yeah. uh, me yeah. and Caleb will just sit back and be like, "Are right, you guys talking about Fresno State for a little while?" Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just give us a bunch of wine. All right, go. Yep. I think my. <laughs> my dream guess is probably going to be like a super underdog, 
but I grew up and I'm from Merced and I went to high school in Atwater. Well, growing up, Bernard Barian went to Atwater High, uh-huh. played at Fresno State, played in the Super Bowl. So B twice would be pretty high up there, and he's not a guy I don't think many people would choose. But oh, B- dude, I love B twice. Number one, running down the oh, sidelines. Yeah. That was that was the guy. I remember watching commercials and games, and be like, "That's the dude. That's the dude. That's the dude right there." <laughs> and then he played in the NFL, and I was like, "Oh, look at him go!" <laughs> so now looking back, like I think it'd be really cool just to tell him, like, "Hey, Hell man, yeah. like, thank you for mm-hmm. just being you, being a dog." I think that'd be awesome. I think if you reached out to him, he'd he'd give you some love. I, I mean, it's you definitely have to take the right approach and try your best. But like, I got dudes that I'm trying to get on the pod that I've never met before, and I'm just like, hey, I like what you're about. This is what my pod's about. You know, I I launched last week, so mm-hmm. it's just gotta not, shoot your shot, man. Who, hey, who, who you gotta shoot they? the score. My pods so far? No, no, no. Who who is your one of your? You said oh, you reached out to all these. You guys. can't give it away, Mike. Uh, you you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I mean, <laughs> you got to follow him I'm on sorry. Instagram go and all this. this. Yeah, yeah. You got to be exclusive. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm not gonna say that. But I'll just I'll, I'll give you guys a little foreshadows. Uh, I got some big boxers coming on. Cool. Ooh. Uh, obviously a couple NFL guys, a couple dudes that didn't go to Fresno State that are doing big things, and then, um. A miscellaneous. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll Big take it. name sounds like. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, how about uh, just be, how about know. in a year, once you're done with Onion Harvest and it's not yeah. Onion Harvest next year, you'll come back and you'll tell us all about the people you had. Yeah. And how cool it was. And me and Caleb will just sit back and have wine. And you can just tell us all the cool stories. Let's from do all it. The I'll bring the brothers and we could let's Dude, I, let's down. set a date. It'll be I'm a down. Saturday night. Who cares? <laughs> I got nothing better to do on a Saturday than that's that. that. We're just, we're just talking and happen to have microphones in it's front of us. It's just some of the boys, man. Sometimes the boys are bopping. Just got to let it happen. Well, do you have anything else for Frank? I don't. I got one question for you, Frank. Hammer it. I mean, I mean, we've been hitting on it this whole time. But the green V, I asked everybody, on the back of the helmet yeah. or, and at Fresno State on the collar, yeah. what does that mean to you? Um, if you listen to my podcast, I call Kyle Rittering out on it because I want to get it branded on my body. And like a like a cow brand, like a cow brand. Oh, let's okay. make it happen. Let's do it. And <laughs> let's I do that on the podcast. Yeah. With the I, <laughs> if my youngest brother, um, he's still in high school. If he if he plays for the dogs, and we go three for three, because obviously, I mean, okay, look, Derek and David Carr. Mm-hmm. Okay, one, they're they're dogs. They're obviously Fresno legends, but they have three brothers, and they went two for three. And I've, I don't know if there's been three brothers that have done it. But if oh, all yeah, three of know. us could play wide receiver for the dogs at some point, I think that would be an honor, especially our, 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 you know, our dad played for a little bit. Like, it definitely means something in our family. We're from here. We embrace the V part of the valley, the agricultural part of the valley. And I know guys that also would do it. Um, I would get it branded on me. That's how much it means to me. I don't think – I also think that there is not another program in the country that has something that would be like quote unquote equivalent to the green V. Like I mentioned in one of my episodes of my podcast, like if Alabama, okay, Tuscaloosa is where Alabama's from, right? If Alabama put a, um, you know, a purple T on the back of their helmets, I don't know. I'm sure in Tuscaloosa it would mean something, but they don't. We do. Right. We got a green V. They don't have a purple T. So to me, it means everything. I think it's the community. I think when you go to those games, it shows how awesome 
um, the culture of Fresno State is. Like, you have every single race, every single nationality, every single age person there, and they're just they're just there to cheer the dogs on. And like, you can't ask for anything else. And being a guy who plays, you know, they don't say "Welcome to Fresno, home of Fresno State." Like, it's home of the Valley, like pride of the Valley. Like, it, it's always the Valley. Hmm. So. I think it means a lot. And I think if you had the more and more players you have on here, some would be more passionate than others. But, you know, I'm going to dabble with Keyshawn again. Keyshawn Johnson might not seem like a hardcore Valley guy. He reps East Palo Alto to, to the T. But best believe Keyshawn Johnson has a fat Valley V tattooed on his arm. <laughs> a lot of those guys do, man. I mean, it's, it means something. So, yes, I would get branded the Valley V in a heartbeat. Um, still might, even if my brother doesn't do it, like <laughs> I, I, not like an overly, you gotta get your dad to do it with, with he, you too. He's kind of, I think he's past that, but like, that's exactly know. why he should do it. I got it. a few years <laughs> left in me where I would do it, but that's, that's my type of dedication. And if at Fresno state, they told the players like, Hey, do you want to get this branded on you? Like, we'll make sure a doctor takes care of it and all that. My mom's going to be pissed for me saying that. She's like, you're not doing that. But <laughs> I, I think people would do it. It matters here, man. Mm-hmm. So if that answers your question. <laughs> yeah, and and I lied. I gotta say, I do have one more. Okay. Um, you mentioned you're Catholic. Yeah. I know. I, Michael's Catholic here. I'm outnumbered by the Catholics, but I am a believer in Jesus Christ. Good. So, <laughs> yes, it is good. Hallelujah. There you go. The, uh, what is what is your faith, or how did your faith help you? What did your faith mean to you along this journey? Yeah. Um, you go through some dark, some really dark days. Some. I hope I make it today situations, um, whether Especially it be you, your family, your loved ones, just, you know, I'm, I mean, skeleton, I, I was, I was scared shitless, man. I mean, it, you're, you're, you're not ready for that. Everyone who comes are like, I don't know how you do that. I was scared in football. Okay. You, oh, good job. You, you earned your spot. You could go out on the field. Okay. You're going against a giant person who's way more athletic than you. Like you have to find a way to not to get killed and not lose your job on this play. Like, God's a huge part of my life off athletics alone. Um, but I, I truly believe, like, you know, if you're a good person, you have a good attitude, do everything to the best of your abilities and have a good relationship with God, things can go a long ways. And, you know, not telling people how to live their lives, where to go to church, when to pray, when not to pray. But I think everyone hits a point in their life where God does dabble with you. Um, I was talking to a buddy. I don't think, you know, I hope it never comes to this for everybody, but in a situation where uh, a tragedy happens and you're watching someone you love on their deathbed, what are you going to do? Instantly, organically almost, naturally you're going to say, <clears throat> dear God, like, God help me. God help me. Like, if you're about to die, if you just got shot, you're going to say, God help me. Like, something along those lines. You're not just going to be like, well, here it goes. Like, you're, <laughs> you're, there's something in you that's going to be like, you're going to feel like you're drowning almost. And I think you're going to be reaching for something and look at the stories. I mean, there's guys who I played with at Fresno state that God became a big part of their life in college or in the NFL or guys who, I mean, guys who went to prison that all of a sudden are now preachers. Like there's a lot of cases of people that did it. Um, and I've, I've tried to make sure that I, uh, I keep it close in my heart and being a farmer, being a farming family, you know, one thing that's different than farming, you guys know firsthand compared to a lot of other industries is you're battling weather. You're going against mother nature. If it's, it was, it was really hot today. We were sweating that it was too hot that the, maybe the onions would, would uh, not be in prime condition. 
you don't want that to happen. You don't want it a bad rain, a bad frost, the wind to be too bad. Like you definitely believe in God and you have a relationship with him. And I think um, I have an app on my phone where it just sends me a Bible verse every single day at noon. One Bible verse. I could swipe it. It gives me three options that I could read through. It's easy. It's a way for me to just be like, okay, I took that. I read that. How can I grow from that? How can I implement that in the, in the rest of my day almost? Um, and I'm very fortunate to be, you know, 24 years old now and do the things that I've done at my age and have good people around me um, and, and have a, the right head on my shoulders, at least I think. And I've been told that where I, I could excel and, and, and grow and help people with their journeys too or learn from them and help on my journey. So I definitely believe in God. Um, I believe in prayer. I believe everyone does at one point and that, you know, when you go to church on Sundays, you come out feeling a little bit better than when you went in. At least we hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, I, man. I find, you know, trusting in the Lord is so hard because I just want to take over. Yeah. Like do my own thing. Yeah. But, and the second I turn over everything to him and trust him, like, oh, well, oh boy, here we go. Yeah. But it always turns out all right in the end. Yeah. You know? I'm not sledding down an, an ice, uh, slick death ice trap. death go. trap. Yeah. But, you know, or farming on no water. I mean, hey, that's just as good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was looking at the so, trees uh, today, like, oh man. Let go and let God. Right. <laughs> well, Frank, thank you. This has been a blast. Yeah, oh, this was fun, man. guys, this is awesome. We got to kill a couple more bottles of wine sometime yeah. soon. Oh yeah. I it was an honor coming on, and uh, yeah, let's do this again. Thank you, man. Thank you. Go dogs. We can't leave it without go, go dogs. Dogs, dogs yeah. baby. Dog, baby.